Welcome to Dark Mode, the podcast that brings you sage technology advice from two technology experts. And that's not just what we call ourselves. It's what our moms tell people when they turn an iMac into a studio display, which our moms do quite often. I'm your host, Luke Miani. And I'm your host, Noah Rubin. On this show, we take questions from listeners, attempt to answer them to varying degrees of success, and maybe even have a laugh or two along the way. And today, we, well, I'll tell you what, we won't have a laugh when we're looking at the poll because there's no poll to look at. We tried, we failed, but what we do have to start out with here is some acknowledgement of the elephant in the room. I'm talking, of course, about Noah's wall panels, of which there are currently six. Mm -hmm. That's right. There's always, uh, you always got to start with six and... uh... You know, we got to see where we end. I will tell you, I have not uh, uh, touched any of the tape. I haven't um, switched out any of the tape since last week. Oh, Um, that's significant. And so, I mean, given given that all six fell last week and it's the same tape. I mean, I pushed, I pressed them in there. I did a good job. Mm. I used, you know, some good force there, Uh, but it is the same tape. So we, we could see all six again. I don't know. That is very exciting. Uh, We could be in for a full six show tonight. So that would be, I think, really uh, historic to have those two in a row. Uh, And I dare say if we do end up in yet another six show, then I think for the sake of of wanting to keep the specialness of that occasion, perhaps it would be wise to reapply some of the tape. You know what I mean? Because if it's six yes. every show, doesn't that sort of spoil the game a little bit? No, I agree. It's just a very time-consuming process to reapply okay, the tape, true. and I keep forgetting to do it. So it's <laughs> I, I will I will do it. I will do it, dude. The thing that I don't get is they're not heavy. They're really not. Yeah, they're not. And it's not like it's on a ceiling, right? Because in in a like, if you're talking about the forces here, and I apologize because I'm not a math person, so this is going to sound really dumb, but if you're hanging something from a ceiling, you have vertical force, right? Theoretically, this should be shearing force, right? Because it's on a wall. So the weight is 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 uh, parallel to the plane that it's shearing from. So I don't see how, like, if it's dropping straight down... It seems like that would be easier for it to fall off, but it's it's sideways. Yeah, I don't know. See, my theory, I, I do agree with you, but the theory that I want to test, because I haven't been paying attention, uh, but this week we'll pay attention, is mm. if the bottom panels fall down before the top panels, maybe the top panel is like putting some amount of weight, which it doesn't look like it, because you can see there are like little gaps. Like I can stick my fingernail through this gap Interesting, interesting. But maybe if the top ones slip down a little bit and they start putting some extra weight on the bottom ones, maybe the bottom ones will fall down first. So that's something that we could look out for today. Now, that's interesting. I had thought of it sort of the other way because my recollection was that in at least some of the situations we've had, the top ones fall first, which in my mind would weaken the bottom ones because... The top one, when falling, is going to exert some force on the panel below it, you would imagine. Mm-hmm. Although, yeah. wait, am I correct in saying 
Am I correct in saying that the wall panel behind your head has fallen the least often? I'm trying to think because when that panel falls, it always hits me in the head. and But it's only hit you in the head like twice once I or think. twice i think two times it's hit me in the head so you know what you might you, i think you might be right so what is it about that wall panel that seems to be more robust it's a good question and you know the other thing i'll say and we can get into the actual tech talk in a moment here <laughs> but yes <laughs> the last thing i'll say in this segment is um that i don't always put the wall panels in the exact place the same place every time I usually, you know, usually roughly the same place because they fall on the ground and I pick them up off the ground and put them. But sometimes I'll, I'll pick up a different one. So like this wall panel, whichever one is right here, it might be the same one that was there last time. It might be a different one. So I don't know if it's the panel, so perhaps the position. We don't the know. Location, perhaps the be. wall is more adherent. Yes, or less slippery, I guess you could say. I don't know. Interesting. It's, uh, it's, it's an interesting, an interesting. Or maybe question. it's just more supported because it has three sides surrounded. Hmm. That is also it has true. support from below and from the side. I feel this like we should. I feel like we should keep track. And you know, we have the the recordings of the old episodes. If we, uh, you know, if we could figure out, you know, the timestamp of when each wall panel falls in each episode and, you know, sort of graph that out, plot that out. Maybe we could make some sort of, like, discovery, some, like, scientific um, discovery mm. about the wall or the panels or, or the setup in general. And I think that could yeah. that could contribute uh, contribute to the field greatly. So we could, we could look I into that. I think so, too. Uh, you know what else we should look into is What's this that? segue into a more relevant topic. Mm-hmm. Yes, let's do that. So... I think let's start by talking about the 5K iMac because I think that's a very interesting topic. And in fact, uh, I can actually show you guys because right now I'm using the subject of my most recent video, and that is my late 2014 5K iMac, which I converted into a studio display. So right now I've got them side by side a real studio display and a fake one. Now, if I'm not mistaken, I might be able to, oh, I haven't plugged it in. Dang it. Hang on a second. Hang on. Hang on. Oh, maybe we'll get a little uh, camera switching action here. That would be pretty cool. I hear Luke uh, uh, wrangling some, some cables back there. I'm back. All right. No! Where is it? Oh, man. Oh, this is really so tragic. I just... I'm not able to connect to show advanced options. Okay. Nope, it's not working. Ah, beans. Well, I don't know. That's that's a strange one. But the... Unfortunately... Unfortunately, uh, I am not able to pull up the webcam that I installed in my studio display fake edition. Now, I have to derail myself for a moment here because we've got front page tech here. We got John in the chat who is using 
the studio display that I sent to him, but a week ago. That's the one. That's what I meant. What did I say? Studio display. Ah, whatever. It's all the same. Um, But yeah, so uh, I saw some people asking, and yeah, the 48-core Mac Studio is back up and running, ladies and gentlemen, and it is currently running, I mean, at least well enough for John to type in our YouTube chat, so that's good to hear. The Apple Store was, I don't know what they did. They said they just took it apart and put it back together again, but I don't know if I buy that. We'll never know. We never will know. But I'll tell you what we will know is me getting back on topic. Do you, do you like that? <laughs> yes, I feel like we're going to reach saturation on the uh, on the Segway uh, jokes. Not possible. This episode. Not possible. Not possible. But we can reach saturation settings on my studio display. Because <sighs> one of the features that I made sure to have was that the buttons to adjust the controls on the panel are accessible. So that means I can make adjustments. And in fact, I think I need to because I adjusted the contrast and I may, I, I might've messed it up slightly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's my bad. But one thing I will say, I ended up using a late 2014 iMac because, yeah, well, it was cheap, frankly, but I wouldn't recommend using that panel because the first version of the 5K panel, and of course Apple wouldn't advertise this because that would involve admitting that they did something stupid, but it's not, it's not, uh, they have this issue with image retention. It sort of looks like OLED burn-in, but it's not permanent. Hmm. Where like if I've been on the same page for a while and I just go ahead and you know, switch over there. I, it's weird. I can still see like I've had YouTube open and I can see like a little ghostly YouTube logo, like over top of my Photoshop window. It's very frightening. Um, it's not permanent for what I can tell, but it is noticeable and, and annoying. Uh, also there's no P3 color support on, that display so if you do want to use uh my video to make a studio display i would recommend getting a 2015 or ideally a 2017 imac uh for the donation that would be ideal i got you and you know i'm wondering because i'm going to be honest with you i haven't seen that video yet i was meaning to watch it but Wow, you're a bad friend, huh? <laughs> I know, I know. But for the people who might not have watched it, um, I'm just curious. So you kept, is is it the same uh, like chassis and everything and you just put a new board uh, inside of it? Is that right? Yeah, so basically what what you do is gut the old iMac, which is a bit of an involved process, but it's not, it's not, undoable right the only thing that you really have to watch out for is the power supply which has exposed traces and that can be a bit of a mess mm-hmm. but i mean realistically look if if you're using an old imac that you know has been sitting around for a while that you've been like oh man this thing is kind of slow it's not really doing a whole lot anymore if you've had a thing unplugged for like six months then 
the the chances that there's anything left in the power supply capacitors is very low so i i wouldn't worry about it too much um i've taken apart a lot of imax and as long as you're careful it's fine i've seen some repair videos where where people just like grab the thing by the by the metal pointy out parts and i'm like oh my god and then they don't die and i'm like i don't know are you lucky or is it not that big a deal i don't know it's weird though yeah i remember when we were working on those imax in that video oh, that we god. did a while ago that was that was always like a and even the imackenstein whenever you open up those imax yeah. those power supplies are uh they're 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 not fun to deal with they're so scary and the Mac Studio, they did a better job of that because they do have an exposed power supply, but they put shielding on the bottom of it so you can at least pick it up. Hmm. Unlike in the iMac where it's just like big, scary electric warning shock signs and like exposed traces that look very dangerous and are also sharp. Like even if you don't get electrocuted, they're really sharp. Yikes. Definitely don't recommend. But once you get that out of the way throw it away get rid of the thing you've got yourself a really decent situation right because all you have to do is get one of those boards there's a bunch of them out there you can find them on aliexpress um for like some of them are a little less than what i paid which was like 180 um and they run 5k it's got four inputs so i can do hdmi i can do dual display port 5k or single display port 1.2 or 1.4 5k um i even found one on aliexpress that was usb-c hmm, that's nice they could display out over usb-c just like the real deal so mm. yeah it's, it's honestly a really awesome project and then for the camera i just got a little arduino camera off of amazon taped it over the hole bob's your uncle there you go yeah that's like a really cool project any of those projects that can like reuse old older things and especially here because it's like uh it's not just like oh you know here's an old computer but it still works so you could like use it for something right it's like mm -hmm. here's the old computer turn into something that's like legitimately like it's a 5k like it's a great display it's a 5k display yeah it's it's as good as something that you would buy today and and you know it's like here turn your computer into uh, you know, your old computer that you're not going to use anymore into something that's like still super like modern and that you would actually use with all of your stuff. It's like, it's definitely like a really, really cool project. So I really, I really yeah. like that. I mean, it's not even just reuse, right? Because I always, I always maintain that even very old Apple products can, can still be useful. Um, when you look at stuff like you can still use an iPhone 6S or if you can't use it, you can donate it and it can be used. If you mm -hmm. have old unibody MacBook Pros, that's a situation where I could easily make the case and have many times that they are still useful. But this iMac is different because it's not just, oh, find a way to keep using something that's old. It's we're not even going to bother using it as an iMac anymore. It's it's capable enough. Um, but you can sell those internal components. Don't throw them away, please, for the love of God. Don't throw them away. But this is now, it's not just like, oh, I'm going to just keep using something old. This is just a normal monitor. It is a universally compatible normal monitor. You could plug it into a PC if you wanted to, even running at 5K. And that 
I think is really valuable. Yeah, it's it's really cool. It's a really cool project for that reason. And also, um, I was just thinking about uh, that we used to have target display mode on the like yes. old IMAX, and that doesn't exist anymore. Um, but this is you know almost even better, right? If you have the old IMAX and you convert so. it, DisplayPort, HDMI, USB-C, you know whichever board you bought, you buy the board for the thing that you want, and then you have you know your your new display and it's permanently a display and you don't have to worry about uh you know booting into target display mode or anything like that it's just you know it's just there for you so very cool yeah and you know what i got a magic mouse and a magic keyboard for free with the imac so it's like a studio display for a thousand dollars off and you get the mouse and keyboard which is another 180 dollar value so like honestly it's i mean okay right you don't get to look at the pretty enclosure and you are missing a couple things right like the the mics you're missing the speakers um a lot of people asked why i didn't reuse the speakers and that's because they're just speakers right they don't have a dac they don't have the the you can't convert the signal just just like cut the ends off the connector and put it in a usb port like that's just not how speakers work right so that it isn't quite as simple. Someone would have to do some engineering. But honestly, I would love to see that because these iMacs are entering the point now where if someone made like a controller board that fit in the standoff screws inside the iMac and allowed you to connect the webcam connector, which also has the microphones and the ambient light sensor, and then also connect the speakers to it and maybe even the power button because that's just a simple you know, ground signal completes, it's just a simple circuit. So if someone made a board that could do all of those things and then run some ports out, that would be so sick because then you could have the mics, the cameras, the speakers, and the 5K display. I don't know how to, I don't know how to engineer stuff, but if you live in a factory and you know how to do that, get in touch because I think that would be really sick. Hopefully, yeah, look at this. Yeah, exactly. You never know. Hopefully, the Alibaba sellers are listening. Well, AliExpress. Alibaba, I don't know about that. That would be very cool. I mean, obviously, you know, if they already have... You're already able to get the display and the camera working. Or, I mean, I guess, you know, you put a different camera in there. But, but yeah, like, if there were a, uh, uh, you know, a board that had even more stuff on it, like, that would be even cooler. And it, I, I don't it see why cool. it couldn't potentially be done. And oh, it absolutely could because the board that I have actually has a little socket for connecting speakers to it, and it has a DAC on it. It has a 3.5 millimeter headphone jack. The problem is the um, the seller had made their own speakers that connect to the display board, so I couldn't use the iMac speakers. Um, but I mean, it's very well possible. I would really love for someone to try that because I will abs- I will absolutely make another video if someone comes up with a way to do this on a more like legit and fully featured way. I think people would absolutely pay two, $300 to convert an iMac into a display because as these things get older and older, the, you know, the, the, the Haswell Core i7 
is like half the performance of an M1. And it's just going to get worse and worse and worse by comparison. But it would be really a shame if you're having all of these millions of 5K panels that are so good, so good that Apple's still selling them, just going to waste. Yeah, I definitely think uh, it's 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 a great use of, you know, whether you have one lying around or you go out and buy one off of eBay or, or you know, you find one at a garage sale or, you know, institutions getting rid of them. Uh, anything that, that will uh, breathe additional life into existing electronics is great, and it would definitely be a shame for the, the very nice 5K displays uh, to go to waste. So, you know, awesome, awesome project. I really like it. Speaking of displays and waste and repair, self-service repair just launched this week. How'd you like that, huh? That was, uh, that was pretty good. That was, that was good. pretty good. Yeah. So we got to talk about this because there's a lot to say. Um, the self-service repair program is super weird, dude. It is it it is legitimately one of the most unusual si- situations that I've found myself in. And I'm like, what in the heck is going on? So Sam Cole from iUpdate texted me on Tuesday. He was like, hey, look, this new self-service repair came out and... He just happened to have an iPhone 12 Pro that he's had. It was his main phone before the 13, and it had this very small hairline crack on the front of the display. And so because of that crack, he was like, well, I don't want to pay the whole money to go get this fixed, but I want to sell it, but then you can't really sell it with the hairline crack. It's going to be worth so much less. So he had just sort of had it laying around. And then this comes out, and it's like, hey, look at that. We can fix up the phone so he can sell it, and we can make a video at the same time. That's pretty perfect. So let's take a look here. Let me, I'll, I'll pull up the good old self-service repair store because my goodness, there's a lot. Now, there's been a couple of videos. Quinn from Snazzy Labs did an excellent breakdown of the website and why everything on this is so weird. But to my knowledge, I don't think anyone has done a video on it. And so tomorrow you'll get two because in Sam's video, basically uh, the, the concept was, is Apple self-service repair doable for a novice? Sam has never opened up an Apple product before, but he's the one that did the repair. I helped, but it was, it was Sam's repair on Sam's phone. And so I think that'll help answer a lot of questions into like how... How viable is this for most people to do? And then my video is a review of the experience. As someone who does do a lot of repairs, does this actually make sense? Is there a purpose for Apple self-service repair? Now, Noah, you said that you found some interesting information because we were talking about the domain name selfservicerepair.com that Apple got for this. And you said you came across some interesting info. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, we were talking in the in the pre-show um, very briefly because we didn't want to spoil the actual episode. Uh, but we were talking because I had also seen the self-service repair 
website, which is like really weird. It's like, it like looks a little bit like Apple, but not really, I don't know, whatever. Um, but while we were talking about it in the, the intro, I thought of the idea to uh, just like look up the Who Is records. So um, mm. for those who aren't familiar, Who Is, it's spelled um, W-H-O-I-S and it's one word. Um, basically, it's the public record that allows you to see who uh, owns a domain. It tells you where it's registered, when it was registered, when it's going to expire. Um, and then there's some other information, which we don't have to get into. And um, oftentimes it'll also, well, it will also tell you who uh, who owns the domain. Sometimes it'll tell you their actual name and phone number and email address. And sometimes, oftentimes, uh, people will use a domain privacy service. So it will be um, it'll just show the name of some, you know, domain privacy company. And there will, you could still contact the owner through like a special email address that, that, that they generate. Um, but you can't, uh, you know, know exactly who it is. But the interesting thing I found, so I ran the, I looked up the who is um, information. So first of all, it's registered uh, on godaddy.com, which I thought was kind of weird. That is weird. Wait, that doesn't so seem Apple like... registered with GoDaddy? Yeah, and well, that's what it says in the in the record. And I, you know, now I'm kind of curious. Heck? So Apple.com is registered with CSC Corporate Domains Incorporated, and then under the registrant contact information and the administrator, all the contacts are actually Apple. So it says Apple Inc., One Apple Parkway, Cupertino, California, whatever. But this domain uh, is registered through GoDaddy, so it's it's. Uh, I don't, and I have a I have a theory because I'm ninety nine point nine 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 percent sure I'm almost hundred percent sure that this website was created by uh, some third party. Um, it, it might be like a subsidiary of Apple, or it might be some like third party company that they contracted. Maybe you know the answer mm. to this, but but I don't think it was Apple themselves uh, who who made this website. Yeah, I mean it. Def- well, actually, look here at the bottom. It says spot version 8145.5. Says yeah, and I saw, so under the uh, privacy policy, it says spot stands for service parts or tools incorporated, which mm. might be like some, it might be a, like Apple spun off this, you know, separate company to do it, or it might be, uh, you know, some third party that they contracted. I'm, I'm not 100% sure. I mean, it does have its own logo, which is, uh, which is kind of interesting. And you know what? I'm noticing here that they have a website, servicepartsortools.com, which oh. is a blank website. I'm, oh. now, now I'm uh, I, like, what? I, maybe I should have done some research on this beforehand, but this is, if you scroll to the very bottom, um, there's an email address, um, something at servicepartsortools.com. And if you go to that website, it's like a gray website with no content on it and it doesn't even have a certificate it's it's a it's an unsecured website i'm so confused what's going on here dude what oh that looks different than what i pulled it up but but Did equally I put it so in right service service or tools.com yeah i mean it dude, looks different for what? me but that's one of those like parked pages it's not like a there's no website there what this is dude this is apple we're talking about this is so weird and just strange yeah like 
they keep talking about spot, we, us, our, right? And that's... So, so did they set up like a subsidiary or did they contract this out? Or is that like a, like a shell name that they're using? So that, cause there's like no, there's no measure. There's no mention of, of Apple being involved except for over here. Learn more about self-service repair to learn if self-service repair is right for you. Please visit the self-service repair page on Apple's website. That's the only time that there's any indication and it's referring to Apple in, in like the second person, right? Is that, wait, right? Is that second person or third person? No, uh, second person. You is second person. What what would be their website? Is that fourth third, person? That's third person, I think. They, I think it's third oh, yeah. person. Yeah. So it's referring to Apple in the third person. And you know what? Here, so we which just got a weird. super chat, uh, which I was actually I was actually just looking this up. So I looked up Service Parts or Tools Inc. And I found the business, um, the 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 registration of the business, and um, oh, wow. and it's it's registered in uh, in Westchester, PA, and That's it was very near where we grew up, Noah. Yes, very close to us. And the permit date for when it was registered is uh, is April first of this year, so one one month ago. Someone else said the domain was created the same day Apple announced the program. What day did they announce the program on November 17th? Yes, they did. That is when the domain was registered. Dude, this is so bizarre. And so like you have to understand that we're we went into this video, I mean not even really realizing how weird this was. Also the fact that if you sign in, you register with an account on selfservicerepair.com. You do not sign in with your Apple ID, which is in itself a very strange, like this is almost not even affiliated with Apple is the way that this comes across. Yeah, this seems to me, and you know, it's funny that you bring that up because it is, uh, it's, it, it is weird that they don't have uh, sign in with Apple right? Because any third party can add sign in with Apple. And in fact, you know, the apps, if you have an app on the app store that you can sign in with like Google or any of those other mm. providers, you have to include sign in with Apple. So it's a, it's, you know, very widely used thing, follows the OAuth standard. It's like a very standard thing, but they don't even have it on this website, which I didn't Dude. think about, but really weird. Um, this, so this, this weird. whole thing is weird, but I guess, I guess, um, from this little investigation that we did live, it basically seems yeah. like Apple, uh, contracted this company. Uh, I guess, you know, the super chat said CDTI, which must be, you know, some other company and maybe spot is, um, you know, some like some, I mean, it was registered one month ago. That's when, that's when the name, the company was registered. Um, so it must be some like, you know, they made a separate company to deal with oh. the Oh, two in a row. And that was, which one fell first? Was it the bottom one? The bottom one, I think. I think it was the bottom one. All right, so we'll keep that in so mind. So maybe your theory was right about the top one. Well, the top one fell right after, so maybe the top one dislodged first, applied pressure to the bottom mm -hmm. one. That one then let go, and then the top followed. 
I think that that's a that's a reasonable uh reasonable that's my theory idea. Um so we'll see what happens with the other four. But yeah, so it seems like this this uh this you know company, the spot company was created for the purposes of this and it's controlled by the third party CDTI or you know whoever it is and Apple just contracted them and basically said, you know, we'll we'll give you the parts because only Apple has, you know, a lot of these parts. They basically said, "We'll give you the parts." um and and whatever but but basically you're on your own uh you know to deal with you know building the site and and managing everything and whatever and you know now i'm thinking um did you see the where the the parts came from on like the the shipping label when you got them yes they came from illinois interesting mm-hmm. what's now what's, what's speaking of Speaking of the parts, and indeed, uh, and by the way, um, I let's. I think we should Google Maps the address, but I want to show you Noah what you actually get in the mail. Okay, you want to see because that. I think this is gonna blow your mind. So vamp for like a second while I come back. Okay, if we want to pull up, let's see. Was there anything else interesting? about the domain real quick. So we said it was registered with GoDaddy, which definitely tells me that this is some third party uh, that, you know, they had to, to, to deal with this. It was registered on the same day um, that the uh, that the thing was announced, uh, November 17th, 2021. And um, see, it says it was last updated on January 26th of this year. I'm not sure what exactly they updated. Uh, the name servers are pointing to AWS. So this website, which is, again, more evidence that this is a third party. Um, this website is being hosted on Amazon Web Services, whereas Apple probably hosts their websites themselves. So more evidence of that. And um, that's basically all we can see because the contacts are uh, one of those privacy companies. So that's that's what I was able to find about the... Uh, the domain name. Some very interesting things there. Look at the size of this. That is that wait, that's way bigger than like I knew it was big, but that's like way bigger. What the heck? That's way bigger than I thought it was gonna be. Like I knew it was big. What the heck? Oh my god. Oh god. Oh, Dude, <laughs> this is this is one of two, by the way. Yeah, that's that's insane. <sighs> Good lord! All right, so this one weighs forty pounds, according to the shipping label, uh, <laughs> which is insane, dude. Look at the size of this pelican case. Yeah, and there's two of them. Yeah, and this is My this is. Well, let me just get this straight. You're replacing the screen on an iPhone 12. Is that right? That is correct. And this is okay. I just wanted to make sure that this was all for that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh -huh. okay. okay. It good. is this both cases, by the way, and they will ship you the same kit whether you're doing the display, the battery, or the camera. So this is the same for all of that. Okay. 
because doing a, uh, doing the camera and the battery is just doing the display then with additional steps, right? Mm-hmm. It's functionally the same thing. Now, I I mean, we can break this down a little bit here because, and, and you guys are going to see a full breakdown. I went through everything that you get, what it does, how it all works. And essentially, like, I will give you the spoiler, Noah. This is the exact tools that the Genius Bar uses. That's pretty like, cool. Thi- well, you say that, but wait till you see the video, dude, because oh, when boy. I tell you that they just took the exact Genius Bar tools and instructions and mail them to you, that is what they did. And they changed nothing, which hmm. means they refer to things that you will not have. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. Like... Like, so the other box is a display press. So it's 35 pounds and it serves one purpose and one purpose only. And that is to loosen the adhesive and raise the display five millimeters. That's it. That's it. It's a 35 pound machine and that's what it does. Nice. Um, yeah. So that's quite something. And essentially what... <laughs> What you're looking, so so that that Pelican case is just for that. This Pelican case is for two tools that are, are frankly some of the most pointless tools I've ever seen. <laughs> it's like, dude, it's it's wildly unnecessary. And as someone pointed out, it weighs more than two twenty-seven inch IMAX. That is correct for Jeez. one screen on one iPhone. And so I'd like to point something out to you guys, and that is if we go back over here and we look at selfservicerepair.com, they have made this in such a way that it's pointless. So let's say, Noah, you have an iPhone 13 Pro. Mm-hmm. Now, while I'm doing this, would you like to go and look up how much the out-of-warranty display replacement cost is Yes. for the iPhone 13 Pro? I think you'll find that it's $279. Yes, that is correct. Okay, so on the Apple Parts store, you can buy that display for $10 less. But then you get a $33.60 credit, which is a very specific number, meaning the price after the credit that you receive is $236.00 and 36 cents now if we subtract that from 79.99 minus 2 236.36 that means you save 43 dollars and 63 cents compared to going to the genius bar but you then have to rent the toolkit for 49 dollars which means that if you use selfservicerepair.com, it will cost you $7 more than going to the Genius Bar. Doesn't that, the, the $236 thing, doesn't that include the toolkit rental? It does not. It doesn't? No, this, it's, so it's a bundle, right? Right. You're thinking, wow, that's cool. The bundle includes 
two display adhesive and two security screws. That's what the bundle is of. Oh, so, so there's if you no just rental. order that, yeah, if you just order that, you get this by the way does not come in the pelican crates. It comes in a little brown cardboard box. Okay. And that has the display, the adhesive, the display screws and two security screws. That's it. Interesting. So yeah. <laughs> so if so you're following one, Apple's I was gonna say if you're repairing one device, then it's more then the the bundle plus the the rental is more expensive than the Genius Bar. Yeah, and I say this in the video. If you think about it, when you go to the Apple Store and pay $279, you are paying just like when you go to get your car serviced, you're paying for the parts used and the labor cost. Mm-hmm. So if you do it yourself, you're paying more than that, which means you're paying the parts and the labor, but then you're doing the labor. So you're paying Apple to for you to do the labor which is an absolutely absurd thing to realize. Like, what? Yeah, that's... And the, the, the big thing for me, so parts and labor are two of the things, but the, the real third thing is that if you take it to the Genius Bar and they, you know, mess up for some reason, and obviously they're going to be more um, knowledgeable and they're going to have more experience doing this than you will, but if for some reason they were to mess up your phone then they're going to, you know, they're going to make it right. But if you're the one yep. doing it yourself and you mess it up, then that's on you. And now you have a broken phone and, and, and the screen that you paid for, you know, whatever, whatever happened, happened. And, and that's on you. Yeah, it's I mean, <laughs> it's it's like it, they've sort of priced it in a way to, I think, scare people off. Um, And. So there, there is an argument that you could make. Pair Electronics says, why don't they let you just use your existing Protect Toolkit? There's nothing that prevents you from doing that. You can very easily just not rent the, uh, the toolkit. Like, you could save this $50 and do it with iFixit, which you should do. Um, because not only are these tools dramatically unnecessary, but they're, the instructions are, are more complicated and make this procedure seem quite frightening, even to someone like me who's done a lot of repairs. Now, I will say there is one bundle, or uh, there's one benefit to doing this versus um, buying a display from someone like iFixit, which does sell legit OLED displays. Um, so you could very you could you could easily make the case for like okay well, don't use Apple's instructions, don't use their kits, just treat this as a way to get OEM parts from Apple themselves, and that I suppose is somewhat valid because theoretically right yeah you could save forty four dollars over uh, uh, going to the Genius Bar if you use your own parts and tools. Now, the the one benefit that you get from buying this iPhone 13 Pro Display bundle, instead of going to uh, iFixit and buying the parts for your iPhone 
uh, let's do a 12 Pro, which is like about the same. Uh, if you buy the display from, oh wow, that is, no, that's still cheaper. The part only is, okay, no, it's it's like, wait, is it really about $3 difference in price? It's like almost exactly the same price to buy from iFixit versus buying from Apple. That's pretty funny. But when you buy from iFixit, you are getting just the display because the Face ID assembly is tied to your phone for security reasons. So part of the iFixit process for repairing your phone's screen is going to be removing the Face ID assembly, preserving it, and transferring it to the new screen. With Apple's tools, because you're buying from Apple and you put in your serial number or your IMEI, you don't have to do that. So you just take the screen off, send it back, put the new part on. So you could argue that if you buy the part from Apple and then use iFixit's guides, that would probably be the best overall combination. But it's still just extremely weird. Extremely weird. Yeah, the uh, the impression that I'm getting from... Uh, you know, the little bit of investigation that we did uh, and then, you know, the discussion we just had and, and you know, you mentioning the tools, uh, which you talked a little bit about, the, the uh, and then, you know, especially the fact that they're the exact tools and instructions that the genius uh, geniuses use uh, and they were unchanged mm-hmm. and they just got shipped out. Basically, it seems to me like Apple did the absolute bare minimum that they possibly could because, you know, there was growing... Uh, you know, frustrations, and there was potential legislation, which is really the big thing, I'm sure, that led them to actually do this, um, you know, legislation more so than, uh, you know, what consumers were saying. But they basically, you know, they did the, the the absolute bare minimum. They just, you know, they said, okay, let's take these exact tools. And, you know, when you have these big, uh, heavy, fancy tools in the Apple store, in the back, it makes perfect sense. But to, you know, mm-hmm. stick them in a Pelican crate and ship them off to random people for 50 bucks <laughs> yeah. is like, it's insane. But like they do, they did the the absolute bare minimum, uh, reusing what they had, you know, contracting some uh, third party, which there's nothing wrong with that. But they contracted some third party to build a completely separate website uh, to to deal with it. And I'm sure that this this contractor is dealing with all of the logistics of, of the, you know, shipping and, and warehousing and all of that stuff. And... And, and, and then the prices, you know, the prices of doing it yourself through this website versus just having Apple do it, um, the prices don't really make too much sense. It basically just seems like they did the absolute bare minimum to say, hey, this thing exists, mm-hmm. there is an option, but they made the option as, like, unattractive as possible, and that was 100% <laughs> yeah. on purpose, 100%. 100%. Now, Noah, I, I did happen to notice on the return shipping label here mm-hmm. an address okay this address specifically 400 river ridge parkway jeffersonville indiana so if we scroll out here we are oh it's right near louisville kentucky so okay. that is where that is where these parts and tools are going now I'm gonna zoom in here, Noah, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna drop us down into Street View. And turn the camera slightly. 
and zoom in and you might notice what it says on this building it's a bit hard for me to read but it looks like four letters what does it say c t d i yep that's what that uh that super chat mentioned so there you go yes indeed and can i just say how weird and totally random this looks like <laughs> dude okay look there is one car there is one 2004 <laughs> chevy blazer uh -huh. in this entire parking lot okay there's a truck trailer over there but dude does this not look completely like abandoned the windows are blacked out <laughs> that like, is really what? does it say when what does it say july 2021 is when it yeah, yeah july 2021 is when it was taken huh weird is this not the strangest looking thing oh now look on this cars. day now there's more cars so let's see here we got a, a volkswagen jetto there's a toyota 4runner now is that a Chevy wow. uh, Impala? Or, or not Impala, Chevy, that black one. No, that's a Ford, that one. Oh, this one right here? Yeah. I believe that's a Hyundai Elantra. Oh, <laughs> I tried. You were good, though, you know? I, oh, there's a Model 3 there. Okay. Yeah, I can tell that That's one. the boss. <laughs> yeah. There's a Toyota Highlander. Nice. Okay, so there's there's at least seven people that work here. <laughs> this giant uh, factory this giant there's a building. there's a crane being dropped off there there's a there's a scissor lift those are the parts if you try trucks. to if you order the the kit to fix a mac those are the parts that they send you that must be it i mean this just looks like a logistics company yeah like this is just an, an enormous warehouse and it does say CDTI, CTDI on the other end of the building as well, if I'm not mistaken. Wow, that building is huge. We're still it's going. It's gigantic. And look, it does still say CD, CTDI. Yep. Which is a very... CDTI would be much easier to say than CTDI. Yeah. I'm going to try to see if I can go around the corner at all or... Can I go up here? No, that's going to just be their other entrance, which looks exactly the same as the other side. But yeah, that's a very strange... This is like a very strange place. Yeah. <laughs> There's like nothing here. There's another very similar looking building all the way down this road. Oh, and it looks like there's. they have new neighbors going in. Yep. What is this building? We're just driving down the street. Hang We're on going a second. On an adventure today. Okay, so this is just something totally different. I see. More cars. There. How strange is this? Yeah, this is very well. Now I'm curious. So what was it? C C T D I, right? Yeah. They must be. Oh, I just heard a wall panel make a noise. Oh, oh. this one's crooked. The one right here. Oh, it's it hanging hasn't fallen. by a thread. It hasn't now, fallen Now, here's something weird, Noah. 
Um, this image, I went to the satellite version, and it looks like the place hasn't been built yet. Oh, yeah. But you know what's weird? Is on the bottom of my screen here, it says imagery copyright 2022 that must that must not be when it was taken but yeah that looks like they're building it is there a way that i can see when this satellite image is from because this ctdi does not exist in this image well you know what i found their website and i know this is the right website because the logo matches it says it was founded Ooh. in Okay, here's the thing. So it says it was founded in 1975, and it says their corporate headquarters is in Westchester, PA, which makes sense. We saw that Spot was, uh, you know, incorporated in Westchester, PA. Um, Interesting. So this is not their corporate headquarters. This is just some, uh, you know, warehouse or some branch or... And yes, which, I see by the, the, way, the address matches here, but it's, you know, different, different, uh, different place. They're across the street from a graveyard. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, no. That's, well, that's something. Um, wow. Wait, so what's their website? Let me go there. It's ctdi.com. And someone Simple asked enough. what it stands for. It's communication. That looks a lot. Dude, I just wanted, this there's website a... looks a lot like the self-service repair website. Actually, wait a second. Since you said that, uh, hang on one second. Um, let me just look. No, you know what? Uh, this is... No, hang on. I got to check one thing really quick. Oops. Let me try that again. Yep. Okay, this is... It's really funny that you said that because this website was built in a completely different way than the other website. The self-service really? repair Even website it has like the same format and colors. Well, that must they must have copied the idea. But the self-service repair for anyone who's curious, the self-service repair website uh, was Angular um, and Bootstrap, and this website that we're looking at now is WordPress. This is a WordPress site. Yeah, if you go to if you go to whatever it is, ctdi.com/wp-admin, that's how you can. Any any WordPress website, you go to slash wp-admin and you get the WordPress admin site. Obviously, you can't log in, but um, but I don't know. I just looked at the at the the HTML and I saw WP and I was like, oh, it's WordPress. So, clicking around on their website, I went to their product supply division, which I suspect is maybe what Apple is using here, mm -hmm. uh, and they say that CTDI product supply division identifies sources, engineers, and manufacturers products needed to support telecom and cable customers. Telecom and cable customers. Hmm. I mean... That is... Dude. It's not really Apple, but it's not too much of a stretch, I, I guess. I am... I mean, this whole th this is like a such a rabbit hole, dude. Yeah, this is genuinely. I wasn't expecting all this. And you know what else? If you click on global locations at the top, and then you look at North America, they have a ton of locations in 
in like all over the world, but even in North America alone, there's like a ton of locations. It's kind of crazy. That's just it's just some I am logistics. Just so company. fascinated by this. Yeah, it's really it's really interesting. But yeah, so we um yeah, Sam and I Sam and I tried this all out and you can actually see all the tools that you get on the website. So I can walk you through them. Um so basically the the kits are gonna be the same, but for simplicity to see all of them i'm going to do battery because obviously to get the battery you have to take the screen off so the tools that the iphone 12 pro toolkit comes with everything else here all of this stuff is in the box and some of it's super simple like you get this back cover or this the the display cover basically the idea with the display cover is if you have a super shattered display, um, you put that on it to hold it together because it's otherwise you end up just like pulling chunks out of it, right? So that essentially glues it all together and then you pull the whole thing out. Same thing with this back protective cover. You can stop it from getting scratched or you can stop it from shattering more if it's already broken. Then we have the adhesive cutter. This thing is terrible, by the way. <laughs> really bad I, I i ended up using the iFixit um little pry tool because this thing was so garbage you get a black stick which is just i just have no words they call it in the repair manuals the black stick <laughs> yeah so and then weird. and then we get to the the screw kits and these prices are just laughable Look, a Torx security bit. This is just a T T1 or a T2 Torx driver, and they charge you $13 just for the screw bit. <laughs> and then they charge you $80 for the driver. But they also charge you $85 for the same driver in gray <laughs> that has a slightly different, like, dimension. I, it's... Dude, what what am I looking at? Why is that $85? It doesn't even come with any screw bits. This is so I, I by the way, I didn't even realize that you could buy like these like the display press, the battery press, whatever. I didn't realize you could buy those to keep. I thought you could only buy like rent the kit. That's that's actually pretty interesting. Yeah. I mean, it adds up. So that we have this display adhesive press plate. Literally what that does is you put the adhesive on and then you use the display press and what the press does is it just pushes down and then it counts down for 30 seconds and then you take it off again that's all it does for 216 dollars <laughs> yeah uh and and of course you have to you can only use that when it's put in the 50 dollars repair tray which is exactly what it looks like it's a little piece of aluminum that you put your iPhone in and then it has little suction cups on it. So that's 50 bucks. Nice. Um, <laughs> this is the display pocket that melts the adhesive that you insert. So that's 108 and you insert that into the $256 display <laughs> removal fixture. Uh, and then the battery press, this one you'll love Noah. Uh huh. It looks weird, right? You're like, Oh, this looks like a contraption. Do you know yeah. what this does Noah? What does it do? You take that same $50 tray, you put the iPhone in it, you put the iPhone down, 
you lower this and this little rubber thing is just like a rolling pin and it rolls across the battery to push the battery down. <laughs> nice. That's it. That's what this does. Nice. It's great. unbelievable. I'm also, I feel like I'm giving away so much here. Like this, this video dude, I was not expecting. I was really not expecting the video that we ended up doing. I, I don't know what I didn't expect because I mean, we're looking at it here, but just like seeing it all happen and seeing the tools in person is so bizarre. I, I implore you guys to watch my video and especially Sam's video because it is so wild. The process that Apple thinks you should go through to fix your screen. If yeah, anything, I'm, you can get a, get an idea for what it's like to be a genius bar employee. <laughs> I'm so curious to see these videos when they come out tomorrow. This whole thing, literally every single thing from the, from the day that this was announced to even like, like literally the announcement itself was so weird, but like everything from the day this was announced to now, just every single thing about this is so weird. That's all that's I know. The only word I, I can think of. I just have no, I, there's no words that even describe how strange this whole situation is. Um, and, and I do agree that it's kind of cool that you can buy the parts, but you have to repair a lot of stuff because it's about $1,200 if you buy everything that Apple thinks you should have. And that also doesn't include stuff like tweezers or gloves or an ESD strap or an ESD mat, which they also recommended having, um, it, it, it's very expensive. So if you want it to be like a, a repair shop, it's kind of cool that you can buy the same tools the Genius Bar uses, but I don't think you really need to because I think it's wildly over-engineered, to be very honest. Um, well, the other My thing goodness. is, like, if you're talking about repair shops at that point, if they're at, like, Apple authorized service providers, they probably had access to these tools or some sort of tools from Apple uh you know yes. for, for a while repair providers have these tools so it's weird it's like i guess if you want to repair apple devices but you don't want to be an authorized service provider or maybe you can't for some reason then i guess it makes sense but like if you're a repair shop you're going to want to be apple authorized right because that looks better mm. for the consumers and you probably get access to even more uh you know tools and software and whatever from apple it's just i don't see why anyone would want to buy them from from this website I don't know. And there's another great question here. What happens if you lose a repair kit you rent? So I actually know the answer to this. I do Because as well. when you rent that tool kit for $50, you have seven days to, I guess you could theoretically do as many repairs as you want. You have seven days to do whatever you want with those tools. If you lose something or you don't send it back, at the time that you push... At the time that you place the order, it puts a hold of $1,150 on your credit card. And that is then refunded after you return them. Yeah, I did. I did here. So if you don't return it at all, they charge the full amount. I think if you yeah. return it missing a piece, then they charge you for the piece that was missing. But but yeah, that's... Yeah. Uh, I mean, they got to do what they got to do, but that's... Uh, I don't know. Yeah. $1,200 hold on your credit card. It's, it's, right. It's, they really are making this seem like such a huge deal. 
Yeah. And there's there's so many like little red warning labels that are like you could die. Okay, they don't <laughs> actually say that, but they're like be careful. There could be an enormous explosion if you do this wrong. And it, it really it almost seems like it was designed I mean, I guess it's not designed for the public because it was designed for the genius text, but it's it's like it's scary, dude. Taking off an iPhone screen isn't really that deep, but when you do it with their tools, it's like really frightening, and it took us five hours. And you know what else is frightening? What is frightening, Noah? That we've gone five minutes over time on this episode. <gasps> oh, great heavens! Yeah. Well, I think I know what we could do about this. What's that? We can end immediately. I've been your host, Luke Miani. And I've been your host, No Ruben. Have a great night. And shout out to the two and a half wall panels that fell. Two and a half, yeah. No one guessed that. Love it. No one did. Farewell. <laughs>